Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And you know, it's so easy for us to get comfortable within our little circles. When we don't venture out beyond our circle, we can easily turn inward, become self-focused, and our world becomes very small. Pastor Sean suggests today we won't experience the abundant life that God intends for us unless we're willing to follow God beyond the circle. That's the name of the message today in this series called One Life. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. Well, we are in a series, and I love the way this worked out because we're in a series called One Life. Remember, we started this out with this idea that learning to live, just learning to live this life begins by seeing life as a gift and getting to know the giver, understanding who he is. This is a sacred trust, and it is given to us by a father who is loving. We've had a guiding passage, and eventually you're going to get the point, and you're going to kind of just memorize this thing so we can get it over with, right? But we've had a passage that has led us through, and we've read it every week, and I'm going to read it again. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This life, we're called to make the most of every opportunity, and life is a huge opportunity. We're, chose to, we're, chose to, we're called to approach it with care, with wisdom, and to understand what the Lord's will is. You remember, we talked about that. Well, I want to understand the Lord's will. How do I do that? And we said, very simply, ask him. And we did a whole conversation on God is speaking. The question is, are you and I listening? You want to know some ways to help you hear the voice of the Lord? Go back online at reallife.org and look at that message. God is speaking. The question is, are you listening? Last week, of course, we had a guest, Sammy Tippett. But the week before that, the last in this series of conversations, we talked about making a living. And we said, don't let making a living keep you from making a life. Because that's one of the biggest obstacles. These blinders we get on when it comes to our career and organizing our entire life around making money and surviving and kind of our stuff. And it keeps us from this amazing life that God has for us. It is a right and an honorable and a biblical thing to work. We should earn our bread by the work of our hands, is what Scripture says. But to make all of life about making money, or even making a living, actually becomes these chains and fetters that keep us from the one life that God has for us. Now this week, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 10. You should have your Bibles. I don't care if it's a leather bound. I don't care paper. I don't care if it's electronic. Just get the word. Don't just trust the preacher. You, who knows what I'll throw out there, you know? You never know. Keep the preacher honest. That's what I always say. Acts chapter 10. We're introduced to a man. His name is Cornelius. He lives in the city of Caesarea. He's a centurion, a soldier, a leader of men. And he's part of what's known as the Italian cohort. And we come to find out he's a devout man who had come to fear God. Now, he's not a Christian because he didn't know of Jesus. But he knew of the Jews and of their God. And he began to fear God. And his whole household did. He gave to the poor generously. He prayed continually to God. And we're told that he has a vision and an angel of the Lord appears to him. And says, God has heard your prayers, Cornelius. He's seen your gifts to the poor. He's seen your faithfulness. He says, I want you to do something. I want you to send for a man named Simon who's staying at a house in Joppa. It's about 30 miles away. Jerusalem's about 60 miles away. So he sends a couple of servants and a soldier. 
And we're going to pick up in Acts 10, 9, verse 9. And we read, The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And he saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals, reptiles, birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord. I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Now, this is absolutely mind-blowing to us, because we don't get it. We're from Texas, right? Kill and eat is like a national anthem, right? I mean, it's Ted Nugent, kill it and grill it. You know, that's, that's where we live. And we're like, what, what's wrong with Peter? What's, what's he talking about? Well, he had grown up and been raised under Jewish dietary law. And God had encoded in the character and the nature of his people the idea of purity. And he used all kinds. There were moral laws. There were laws about cleansing. There were laws about dietary restrictions designed to teach his people about purity. And all of a sudden, by the Holy Spirit, God is now shaking Peter and giving him a different glimpse of what that was about and what he's to be about. So he's like, no way, Lord, I've never done anything. There's unclean animals in here. There's things that were forbidden. And the voice came again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. What God has made clean, do not call common. Now make note of that. And this happened three times. And then the thing was taken up at once to heaven. So God is emphasizing it. He underlines it. Three times he says this. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what this vision means, and you, you, you got to understand. So he hears it. He has no idea. He's like, what was that? He comes out of this dream, this vision. He's perplexed as to what it might mean. Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate. Now, isn't this great? Have you ever felt set up by God? Because Peter's totally set up here. I mean, he comes out of this thing, and all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Have you ever had something like that happen? You're praying about something, something unusual is happening, and all of a sudden, you run into someone, or all of a sudden, something comes across your path, and you're like, you planned this, didn't you, God? You're using your God powers on me now, aren't you? Well, that's what he's doing here. He's setting Peter up. So they called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there, and while he was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, there's three men looking for you. Rise, go down, accompany them without hesitation. I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, I'm the one you're looking for. What's the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright man and God-fearing, upright and God-fearing man who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you and to come to his house to hear what you would have to say. So he invited them to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them. Some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. So there's Peter and these other Jewish brothers who are Christians. And on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now, you read that and you go, well, good. Yeah, that's what they were supposed to do. Yeah, this is a big deal. Caesarea was the center of the Roman occupation of Judea. It had been that way for decades. Lots of Romans had moved there, lived there. It's a big, it's a powerful city. It's a wealthy city. It was a port city. But it is Gentile haven, and Jews did not like to go there. This was not a place that a devout religious follower of Judaism would like to go, so they are uncomfortable. I don't even know what we can compare it to, right? This place is taboo. You know, it's kind of like an Amish road trip to Vegas, right? You know, picture the buggy going into Vegas. Oh, Yaakov, we're not in Shipshawana anymore, you know. I mean, that's, that's, that's what these Jewish guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
pops into your head, and then you just have to say those things and get them going. But that's what it's like. It's that awkward for them because this was a place, they were the occupiers. And they stayed away, but they went anyway. They entered Caesarea, and we're told Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and he worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up! I, too, am just a man. And he talked with him. As he talked with him, he went in and he found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know, listen to this, how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. That's how separatist they had become. And then he said this, But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Now, the question I have is, when did God, because in this text, when did he say that? I should not call any person common or unclean. In verse 15, remember, he had said, I'm looking, I had it marked. I I did my homework, I'm, I'm... what God, there it is. What God has made clean, do not call common. But he's talking about food. And so Peter, you've got to understand, all he can think about on this walk, it probably took him a day and a half to get there, all he can think about is, what does this dream mean? God, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, I'm going to Caesarea, and it dawned on him, God wasn't talking about food. He was, but he wasn't. And he comes to find out, you know, it's never really been about the food. It's about what purity really means and how that relates to the rest of the world. And understand, they lived in this divided culture where Jew did not relate to Gentile. You've got to understand, they're under the fifth pagan empire. The fifth. And they're desperately trying to keep their cultural and their religious identity. And so they had become, they had pulled back and become separatists as a means of protection. They're striving for holiness, which is a great thing, Right? They're striving for holiness, which is excellent. It is near and dear to the heart of God. But they had come to a place where they were missing it. And he realized God wasn't talking about food. He's talking about people. And right now he's talking about Gentiles. Do we have anybody that we kind of treat like that? They're not the right kind of people. They're not our kind of people. They're not pure enough. They're not successful enough. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this series called One Life, Make Yours Count, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. 
We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And back to the message Beyond the Circle. This is Reaching for Real Life. God has shown me I should not call any person common or unclean. So I was sent for and I came without objection. I asked him, why did you send for me? Well, he tells him about the vision, about the command, send for Simon. And he says, so, verse 33, so I sent for you at once. You've been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we're all here in the presence of God to hear that what you've been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand. God shows no partiality. Peter still can't get over. He's like here to teach them. He's like, I've learned a whole lot more here. Peter's still blown away by what God is teaching him. God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And then he tells them the gospel. He says, you've heard about Jesus, his life, his amazing deeds. We were witnesses to it all. We saw it all. His death and his resurrection. And then he gets down to the core heart of the gospel. He, in verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that, and here it is, Everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, receives forgiveness of sin through his name. It's the gospel and the simple power. He says it's all about Jesus. Cornelius, your heart for God is awesome, but you can never be good enough. Cornelius, your gifts to the poor are wonderful, and they move the heart of God because they represent his heart. But that's not how you come to be forgiven of sin and enter into new life. It comes through Jesus Christ. Why Jesus? Because of his death on the cross, his burial and resurrection. He took our sin penalty. Sin separated us from God. Jesus Christ came and paid our death penalty so justice could fully be measured out, but forgiveness and grace could be extended to whoever would believe in Jesus. That's the gospel. And it says, while Peter was still saying these things. Now, this is a very short little message. He's come a long way. He starts saying this stuff. He probably had a lot more, Okay. He's like, I haven't even gotten good stuff. Peter barely got through his intro. And he said, while he's still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. It's like, okay, game on. Can you imagine that? He's just saying, shares a little bit about Jesus, and these people who God had prepared, he was already moving in their hearts, they just fall and start worshiping the Lord. They start believing in Jesus Christ. Verse 45, and the believers from among the circumcised, the Jews, the Jewish believers in Jesus, who'd come with Peter, were amazed. They're stunned. This is mind-blowing to them because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on Gentiles. Aren't you glad that the Lord poured out his gift of life on even us Gentiles? I'm so grateful. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, and you gotta understand how radical this is, he's about to blow their minds even more. Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who've received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Baptism wasn't just a religious ceremony. It wasn't, baptism was entering them into the family. They're becoming one of us, but they're Gentiles. But we don't do that. We do now, because God did it. Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who received the Holy Spirit? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to remain for some days. They're blown away. The Spirit, 
There's a baptism. The Jewish believers are like, their eyes are this big, and they can't, they can't grasp all this. See, in their struggle for holiness, and it was right, and it was part of the commandments, but God is doing something different. They'd forgotten what God had told Abraham in Genesis 12. They remembered part of it, but they forgot the rest. Remember Genesis 12, God calls Abraham and says, I'm going to make you a nation. Listen to what he says, verses 2 and 3. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Just catch that. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about this sense that whatever God is doing in his people is designed to be a gift and a blessing to the world out there. And I got to tell you, we got to grasp what they grasped. Because I think you'll never live to the fullest until you understand that God's purpose is, yes, to bless his people, but also for us to then take that and to be a blessing and to go outside of the normal confines of our life and be a blessing. You see, Peter was confronted and challenged with this idea, the challenge of living beyond the circle. That's what I want to talk to you about. That's the title of the message, Beyond the Circle. The challenge of living beyond the circle. Each of us lives in a circle, don't we? They had a very tight and well-defined circle. But this isn't just a Jewish thing. I think we all have circles. Think about it. What's familiar? My circle is my home, my family, my job, my friends, my relationships. You know what's the common theme in all that? My, 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 me and mine. And that's kind of where we tend to live. That becomes my circle of understanding. That shapes my thinking. That's what I know. I'm familiar with it. It becomes my circle of concern. That's what I care about. That's what I focus on. My circle of influence. That's what I'm supposed to change and influence. That's where it's my business to get involved. And that circle shapes your whole worldview. Now, we regularly encourage you, and we all should be. We should make a difference in our circle of influence. We should be salt and light. But today, I want to talk about living beyond the circle. Because that's what God's talking to them about. That's what God's talking to his church about. Living beyond the circle. And this passage illustrates some significant problems of living beyond the circle. Prejudice. We all have a picture of people based on ignorance. And think beyond our political and our kind of cultural things of prejudice, okay? Think beyond race for a minute. And just think in terms of we are wired to have to make decisions on limited information. And when I have limited exposure to other people and I start making decisions, I'm prejudging. That's what prejudice is. It's prejudice, prejudging. And I'm trying to make decisions about someone that I don't know very much about. So that's, we walk around with those kind of lenses because we're very accustomed and very familiar of the things inside the circle. But when we get outside, we have to paint these pictures based on partial information. It's inconvenient to get out of the circle. Peter had to leave. He had to go to a place that was very uncomfortable. It was awkward. Had to meet with people he wasn't used to meeting with. It's not comfortable and convenient, typically. The reason we spend so much time in the circle is it's comfortable and convenient, right? By nature of it. It's inconvenient to get outside the circle. We just don't know what's out there. It's the unfamiliar. And what this passage wants to tell us, and if Peter could stand before us right now, he would say it quite forcefully. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is what I want you to take away with this morning. God always calls his people to join him beyond the circle. God always calls his people to join him beyond the circle. Last week we heard from Sammy Tippett, and you're like, oh man, God called Sammy to reach people way outside the circle. I just want you to know, that's not just for Peter. It's not just for Sammy. Sammy would be honored to be. He's in pretty lofty company there. I'll let him know that we did that for him. 
But it's not just for them, it's for us. And understand something, circle. that doesn't mean you have to go across the world. Okay, it might be across the world. That might be God's call for you. But it might be just across town. You know, it could be across the street. That might be beyond the circle. Sometimes it's just across the room, across the office, across the store. Maybe across the gym, wherever it is, just stepping outside of our normal routine. And we get so busy, we're so crammed, our lives are so full, we start thinking about, oh my gosh, I don't have time to get outside the circle. I'm barely juggling the things in the circle. Well, maybe we got too much stuff we're juggling. And we don't have time to listen for God's call to step beyond the circle. Because God always calls his people to join him beyond the circle. Now, a couple things I just want to point out that this passage highlights for us. Number one, God is already at work beyond the circle. This is the good news. Because one of the things about the circle is kind of scary out there because I don't know, it's unfamiliar. Good thing you need to know is this passage and others tell us God is already at work outside the circle. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, is working outside the circle. I want to suggest to you, when Peter came to Cornelius, he was blown away. He did not expect this type of person to have a passion for God or an interest at all. I want to suggest Roman, uh, Cornelius had a Romans 1 experience. You know what a Romans 1 experience is? Romans 1 verse 20 tells us, For since the creation of the world, his, God's, invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. God through nature, God by his spirit, by his creation, by his love, He's already working and speaking. That is fantastic news for us. You know, we talk about it in church planning. We planted this church. It started in our living room, okay? Small, very small group of people. And uh, there's lots of different ways to plant a church, okay? One of, the, one of the craziest ways or one of the ways that, that God sometimes calls people to do it is what we call a parachute drop. A parachute drop is kind of just what it sounds like. It's like a person who kind of drops into a city or an area, and they really don't know anybody yet. So the, the first job is just to kind of pray and find out what God's doing and meet people. And it's, a more, it's one of the more challenging types because if we had our druthers, we'd always send someone with a team of other believers to pray together, to work together, to begin to carry out the work. But when we understand this, it's funny because there's no such thing really as a parachute drop because God's already been there. God's already working. When you stop and think about that, no matter where God asks you to go, no matter what that outside the circle looks like and how scary it may be, you need to understand you're not starting out at baseline. The Holy Spirit's already been there working. There may be someone at your work that you just feel like, man, I should be praying for him. I should go talk to him. I should reach out. But, oh, they're scary. They're my boss or whatever. And I don't know, what do they say? What do they think? You know what? If God is nudging you, you need to know something. He's already at work. You're just one part of what he's doing. It doesn't all rest on you. This is good news. This is really good news. He's already working people's hearts. This is one thing when you, when you do what I do for a living, and a big part of it is teaching people. I know something. The best part of this message or any message I share is probably not something I say. It's kind of a little humbling when you actually think about it. But it's like I have people come to me all the time. Oh, remember when you said this? And I'm like, I did not say that. That was not part of my message. Didn't say that at all. But what happened is something I said, something that God had me say, prompted something he was saying in them. 
And all of a sudden they go down a road and they're thinking about something. Remember you said something like this? I'm like, yeah, it was not about that at all. Remember when you said I should go and talk to my mom and ask for forgiveness? I didn't talk about that at all. I was talking about beyond the circle. Well, yeah, but that's what God said to me. And that's awesome. That's what you should be listening to. It's what the Holy Spirit will do. That's the good stuff. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One Life, Make Yours Count, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.